Now I do. Okay, we're on the record. We are on chapter 53, page 548. There are exactly 10 chapters left. Wow. We are, we are close. We are close to the finish line. Not that it's about finishing, it's, it's about the learning itself, but we're close. I'll take about another okay. year. Uh, maybe, <laughs> possibly, right? Um, <laughs> we've been discussing at length the trait of reverence, right? We started this whole conversation several chapters ago about kavana, intention, passion, right? And very, there are various types of kavana. And we've been focusing a great deal on the kavana of reverence, of fear, or awe. I don't like the word fear. The, the, it's often translated as fear, but it's more awe, reverence, respect. And we provided various meditations to make God a very real part of our life, a very re relevant part of our life. So we can experience him in a very palpable way. So now our observance is motivated by reverence, a deep reverence for God, right? Um, I, I just saw somebody made a, showed one of these posts on LinkedIn. Um, you know, like people like to get all philosophical and they, they get ahead of themselves sometimes. And he posted, integrity means doing the right thing even though nobody's watching. So I commented on his post. I said, no, integrity means doing the right thing because somebody's watching, because we're always being watched, because God is always a relevant part of our life. God is always with us. And I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't step out of line. I wouldn't be inappropriate if I knew a person was watching me, right? When there's cameras, we're careful. You know, what, what are they going to think of me? Even if we're not, talking about, we're not talking about doing something wrong even necessarily, or doing something terrible necessarily, but I wouldn't do something uh, inappropriate if I knew I was being watched. So when I realize I'm always being watched, I'm always gonna be appropriate. And that's basic, that is basic reverence. And the truth is there are various levels of reverence. And this chapter, we're gonna split this chapter into two. The first half of the chapter, which we're gonna to discuss tonight, we'll discuss the lower level of reverence and the higher level of reverence. Next week, the second half of the chapter, we'll discuss two levels of love, the lower level of love, and higher level of love. Okay, so let's start with the lower level of reverence. Uh, page 548, the second to last paragraph, it's the, towards the bottom of the page, the, the only bold paragraph on the page. And here's what he says. Now regarding this lower reverence, which we've been discussing in chapters 41 through 42, which we have defined as any reverence that directly inspires the observance of God's mitzvahs. The lower level of reverence is a functional level of reverence. Enough reverence, enough, uh, tongue twister, say that three times fast. Enough, <laughs> enough reverence, try it, enough reverence, enough reverence. <laughs> okay, sorry, I crack myself up sometimes. Enough reverence to inspire, to motivate me, to motivate observance. It's a very functional level of reverence. Um, to inspire me, to motivate me, to refrain from prohibitions, 
right? Prohibitions and positive commandments turn away from evil and to do good. To motivate me to stop doing bad, to motivate me to do good. That's the lower level of reverence. It, it motivates observance. The higher level of reverence, which we'll talk about soon, is a product of observance. And we'll talk about what that is in a minute. But let's first understand the lower level of reverence, which is what we've been discussing this whole time. I feel that God is present. And because I feel he's present, because I feel he's relevant, I'm motivated to not disobey him because he's watching me. I'm motivated to do what he desires, again, because he's watching me. How do I develop this reverence? How do I develop this feeling of reverence? So take a look on 549, the second bold paragraph. It's kind of towards the top of the page. Um, you see it? Meaning to say that when this, this reverence is produced by meditating on God's greatness, it's not through meditating about God. That's the higher level of reverence. The lower level, level, the lower level of reverence is through meditating on God's greatness. Not him, but his greatness. What does that mean? Well, you look at the world, and if there's such a sophisticated world, such an impressive world, there must be an impressive God who's creating this world. Um, it, it, it says in the Talmud, if you want to know how strong a person is, but you don't have the tools, it doesn't say, I'm kind of paraphrasing here. You don't have the tools to measure their muscle mass. So what do you do? Well, you could see how strong they are by the, by the weights they can lift, right? You can see how talented an artist is, even if you can't quantify their talent by measuring their hands and nervous system and creative ability and hand-eye coordination, you could look at their art. Wow, must be a great artist. Okay, look at the world. Must be an incredible creator. And when we see how vast the world is, when we imagine and envision how vast uh, the universe is, imagine how vast God is. And the more we think about that, the deeper our appreciation for God's greatness is. You know, what we're, what we're kind of implying here is if you're a scientist, you should have more of an appreciation or you have the potential to have more of an appreciation for God than a layman. Because you know more about the world. It leaves more room for to be impressed by its creator. A scientist or somebody in that field, in any particular area of science, you know how sophisticated anything is that you're observing, whether it be the body, whether it be um, animal life, plant life, sea life, or something, and whatever it may be, 
the more impressive, the, the, the deeper your appreciation of it is, the more you can really appreciate how impressive this creator is. Seems scientists, like there's an arrogance that goes with very smart scientists uh, that sort of right. prevents that from happening. Right, there's, there's, this, there's this catch 22. If, if you're smart enough, you have the potential to appreciate God, but yet that intelligence could get in the way, right? But theoretically, a scientist should have a deeper reverence for God than a rabbi. It's quite ironic. Because a rabbi knows what it says in the books. <laughs> and a scientist can actually, uh, has a deeper understanding of whatever area of science they're observing, of the world that they're observing. And they should have a deeper appreciation of God. And they can have a deeper appreciation of God. Now, even if we're not a scientist, we can still go through this meditation to whatever degree we're able to, right? And really appreciate God. But take a look on 550. The reason why, imagine, let's try this for a moment, even just for 10 seconds. Let's try this thought process. I, I, I use the word thought process as code word for meditation because meditation scares us away. Meditate, I, I can't meditate. Okay, let's try this thought process, right? Between you and me, it's meditation. The thought process is how vast the, um, the human body is, how vast the world that contains the human body is, how vast our galaxy is, how vast the universe is, and the, the, the universe is, is um, perhaps unimaginably vast. And if we could picture that and appreciate, wow, what must the creator be like? Right, going through that, prof, that thought process, we develop a certain reverence, a certain respect, a certain appreciation for God. But nevertheless, take a look on 550. The second bold paragraph, nevertheless, the reverence produced from this above mentioned meditation is still a superficial and lower relevance, uh, re reverence. This is still considered the lower level of reverence. Why? Because it's not inspired by God, it's inspired by what God does. I'm not thinking about God, I'm thinking about his behavior, right? It's a very real level of reverence, perhaps, but it's a lower level of reverence. I'm not revering God. I'm revering his behavior. Right? I, I think of a, a, of a new couple who they're dating for the first time. They get to know each other. And... He starts, she starts, uh, they're, you know, you just, they have this superficial talk discussing what they do for a living. Oh, very impressive. You do this, you do that. You've accomplished this, you've accomplished it. That. That's very impressive. But for the relationship to be more meaningful, they can't just appreciate what they do for a living. Eventually you have to appreciate who they are. Their values, their perspectives, 
their drive, right? So this level of reverence, while we're on this date for God, and we want to respect our spouse, God, right? But this respect is very a superficial level of respect because we're really just appreciating what he does. We don't not yet know who he is. Make sense? You with me? Okay. Because that's the case, it's considered to be a just a functional level of reverence, not, ex, not an experiential level of reverence, which means, take a look in the last, second to last bold paragraph, right above section two on page 550. Only lower, rever, lower reverence is important since it's the gateway and passage to the observance of Torah and mitzvahs. It's just functional in terms of it motivating the relationship. It's a means to an end. Because it's superficial, it literally is just a means to an end. Okay. Let's discuss the higher level of reverence. What is this higher level of reverence? This higher level of reverence means I don't just revere and, and respect what God does. I revere who could finish the sentence? What am I revering? Not just what God does. But who he is. But who he is, right? That's yeah, a much I, deeper level of reverence. I have That's going to require more faith. Yeah? Um, why is it, can, can it not be a stepping stone? So you use the first one, because both are good. 100%. So, That's 100% so correct. Make it like it's bad. The first one's far away and distant, whereas like both of them are important and you can actually use the first one to get to the second one. I, I agreed. And that's exactly what where we're heading. But then that's exactly what the Tanya says. Not only could you, but you must. You can't get to the second one without the first. Okay. 100%. 100%. And I, I'm glad you mentioned that. Very valid point. It, it, it most definitely is a stepping sto uh, stone to the higher level. Right? Think about it. When a couple first goes on a date, date number one, they just met each other. They can't start being vulnerable <laughs> about their values, their political opinions, their perspectives. They first need to start talk about superficial things, right? You can't just get to know the person. You have to get to know what they do. That's just part of life. We, you start off superficial and that's a stepping stone to a higher and deeper relationship, a hundred percent. Um, to, to word it this way, um, the first level, the lower level of reverence motivates observance. Observance is, by the way, synonymous with bitzel. Bitzel means I'm part of something larger than myself. Bitzel means it's not about me. It's about my creator. That's what observance means. I'm doing what he wants. The lower level of reverence motivates observance. The higher level of reverence is an outcome of observance. Because I'm observing the commandments, I'm open to something bigger than myself. I'm open to someone commanding me something. That's a deeper level of reverence. A scientist, by the way, is going to have a harder time with this deeper level of reverence. A scientist, and I don't just mean a scientist, I mean somebody who has that line of thinking. Right? The scientific mind, if you will, should 
be very successful at the lower level of reverence and should have a very deep appreciation for what God does because they, um, they observe it in a very um, scientific manner, if you will. A scientist may have a more difficult time with the higher level of reverence, appreciating not what God does, but who he is. Because that's, that's going to re require a lot more faith. Right? That's going to require a lot more faith. And it actually is a not just a stepping stone to Bittel. Right? My life revolving around God, not myself. But it actually is a product of Bittel. Of observance. Let's, let's read this inside. Take a look on the bottom of 550. But um, all the way on the bottom of the page, 550. But higher reverence is a reverence arising from a sense of shame in God's presence. Not that we're ashamed of ourselves, God forbid, but feeling a sense of feeling his presence much, you know, as it is much bigger than ourselves. It is a deep reverence. Take a look on 551 which results from awareness, not of the awesomeness of the spiritual worlds themselves, which God created, but the core godliness within the worlds, which means not the creations of the creator, but the creator himself. It's a much deeper level of reverence. And like Sharon was saying, what you said is exactly correct. Neither, it's not, good or bad it's just two different levels and one will lead to the other one definitely leads the, to the other the first one you see and it's giving to you but the second one you don't see anything but there's need to be a reverence exactly exactly so, so you've got to be actually part of something to actually understand it <laughs> so yeah it, it's gonna take you know i i would put it this way the first one you achieve with your mind yeah. The second one is achieved with the soul. Makes sense. And the mind will motivate observance, which will access the soul, which will motivate this deeper level of reverence. Which basically um, means, you know, you know, it says in Pirkei Avot, in the Ethics of Our Fathers. If there is no reverence, there's no wisdom. And if there's no wisdom, there's no reverence. Does that statement sound familiar? Forgot which chapter it's from. But he, he actually quotes it here. It was the chapter um, we just did, chapter three, right? Was it chapter three? Yeah. Um um i can't find it here okay i guess it. chapter three if there's no reverence there's no wisdom if there's no wisdom there's no reverence again wisdom chachma, is kabbalistic code word for bittel right because wisdom what who is a wise man somebody who's open to something larger than himself beyond what his mind can comprehend that's bittel um if there's no reverence, reverence, then there's no bitl. There's no wisdom. But once you have that wisdom, 
you can have an even deeper level of reverence. And that's why we say if there's no wisdom, there's no reverence. Which essentially means to develop this deeper level of reverence, I need a deep sense of bitl. I need to kind of open my mind to a God who is beyond my, beyond my comprehension. To a God who is not just a creator, that's his profession, right? But something way beyond that. And, and by the way, we do this every day. We say the Shema. And what do we say? Hashem Echad, God is one. We don't just say there's one God as opposed to two, three, or four. We say God is one. He's one with everything. He is the creator of everything. Essentially, there's only him. He's one. There is only him. And if there is only him, because he's the creator of everything, everything is just an extension or an expression of him. And if there is only him, um, to, to kind of appreciate that, you know, that comes with a price. That level of faith comes with a price. Well, then I got to do what he wants. <laughs> if he's the center of all existence, and he is really the only, he's the backbone of existence, then I really got to do what he wants not what I want, which means that's a very deep sense of bittal. That's a soul sensitivity to get to that level of reverence, and that's the higher level of reverence. Make sense? So, just want to ask real quick. Yeah. I found in Perkeavos, maybe it's not the same one, it sounds similar. It says, uh, Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa said, anyone whose fear of sin comes before his wisdom, his wisdom will endure. But anyone whose wisdom comes before his fear of sin, his wisdom will not endure. Okay, that's a similar statement. Um, I'm trying to find the exact source. That, that one was in chapter three. So. That was in chapter three. Yeah. Okay, my mind is... I'll have Can to find it. It might be it, but I don't... Here it's, it's actually here it is. Yeah, chapter three, um, which, which sentence? 17. The chapter three, sentence 17. That's where it should be. In. Uh, oh, that's a long one. Um, it's, is it Jan 552? 552? And it's yes. three, page 58. And chapter 18, page 15. Yes. I think so. The, so e e either way, our, our, our point is that um, the lower level of reverence means experiencing or appreciating what God does. That leads to observance, a.k.a. Bittel, becoming some, uh, uh, centering myself around God rather than centering the world around me. That leads to a higher level of, um, a higher level of reverence, revering who God is, not just what he does. That's a more faith-based uh, meditation. I'm meditating how he is on how he is really the, the essence of existence. Not just what he creates, but him as a creator. Take a look on page 555. The, it's the second bold paragraph. It quotes a verse from, from the book of Job. Um, it's the second bold paragraph, 555. It says, that is why the verse states, look 
Reverence of God, that's wisdom. What does that mean? The path to higher reverence is through wisdom. To experience reverence, a person who reveres God and has this deeper level of reverence for God is because they're wise. They're not smart, they're wise. Smart and wise are two different things, right? Like you were saying, David, scientists are smart. <laughs> the, the, the cynical ones. A person who is cynical is smart, right? The evil inclination is, is referred to as smart often. But a believer is not smart. A believer is wise. And the difference is a smart person says, I need to understand it. A wise person says, there's something that I might not be able to understand yet. And, and that's indicated in the Hebrew word for wisdom, chachma. It's a compound of koach ma, which means the potential for what? The potential for something much larger than myself. Okay, so can I ask a question? Can the yes, first, first reverence, the lower one, facilitate an environment to gain knowledge to to learn to get wisdom a hundred percent a hundred percent so it's kind of like you start off there you get knowledge you 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 grow knowledge which, which uh, you grow to develop wisdom exactly it's, it, it's like a relationship you know in, in when you first start out in a relationship you know things about the person there's things you like about the person you like their various qualities you like their um, ambition, perhaps. You like things about them. You like what they've done. Maybe you like how they look, how they dress. But then eventually the relationships deepen and you get to know them, right? But if you didn't appreciate the things about them, you never would have gotten to know them. Yeah. So it, it's exactly what you're saying, Sharon, is spot on. It's, it's, a, it's a progression. It's a, it's, a, um, it's a stepping stone. So, but this final level of, of reverence basically means nothing exists other than God. And I believe that in my heart of hearts. I experience that in my heart of hearts. This is, it, this is my mind won't get me there. This will have to be my soul, right? And that's why Bitzel is required. I'll tell you a great story. There was a chassid disciple of Rabbi Menachem Mendel Schneerson, not the Lubavitcher Rebbe, but his actually great-great-grandfather, who had the same name as him. So this took place about 150 years ago. And he came in to consult with his rabbi with a deep question that he had. And he's in line waiting to consult with the rabbi. And he sees someone else um, in line. And he doesn't look like he be culturally belongs in that community. He's not dressed in the classic Hasidic way. And this is back in the shtetl. Um, he's dressed a little bit more modern, looks a little different. So he strikes conversation. He says, what brings you to town? Welcome, what's going on? So the guy tells him, I'm in no way a, uh, culturally adapted to the Hasidic way of life, but I started learning Hasidic philosophy. He says, I love philosophy in general. I started learning Hasidic philosophy and I had a question that bothered me and that's why I'm coming to the Rebbe. He says, wow, what's your question? So he says, I've learned in the Hasidic philosophy based on Tanya and other works that God is the only thing that exists. 
right? That's the faith we're supposed to have. Well, if that's the case, how could that possibly be? I, how, could that, how could it be that God is the only thing that exists? There's a world. I could see the world. You see the world. And he says, that's so funny. I came, I'm in line to ask a very similar question. And he kind of flips the question. He says, if God is the only thing that exists, how could it be that I see a world? His question is, I see a world. How could God be the only true existence? And the other guy flipped it. He said, God is the only true existence. How could it be that I see the world? Right? Same question, just different attitude. So they decided that they both pretty much have the same question. They'll go and ask together when it's their turn for the meeting. And they both go into the meeting room together. And they pose their question. They both pose their question from their various perspectives. And the rabbi, the rabbi gives one answer to both of them. The answer being that God hides himself. He does a very good job of hiding himself. So that despite him being the only true existence, existence as we see it seems very independent. So we could go find him. So we search for him. And like we're saying in this chapter, there are two steps in searching for him. They're searching for him with our mind. That's appreciating what he does. Then they're searching for him with our soul. That's appreciating who he is. Um, and, and, and just to, to kind of recap, you can't appreciate who he is. He actually says, just to show you this actually inside, um, to show you, uh, Sharon, exactly what you said. He actually writes this in the chapter. Take a look on 555, the middle of the page, the third bold paragraph. It says, however. You see it? Yeah. However, it's, it's impossible to attain this higher reverence and chachma consciousness without first observing Torah and mitzvah. So it, Take, go all the way to the bottom of the page, all the way to the last paragraph. And as we learned in chapter 41, the observance of Torah mitzvahs requires superficial lower reverence. So my ultimate goal is the higher level of reverence, appreciating who God is. That requires bittel, a.k.a. observance. That requires a lower level of reverence, appreciating what God does. And that requires thinking about how great God is. Just so there, there of, is kind of this train. This reminds me of uh, Indiana Jones movie where a German guy wanted to uh, experience God and he had the Holy of Holies. But he had no, but he, he was a Nazi. He had no preparation at all. Mm. And it didn't turn out well. Hmm. Huh. Did you, did you ever see that movie? I saw I've been it. on the ride. <laughs> yeah. I I've can been just... on the ride at Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, he, did, he didn't prepare by observing the mitzvah, obviously. He was a German. And he wanted to see God. He wanted to see the power of God. And it uh, ended up killing him very violently. Mm. 
So you're saying it was, it was an experience that he wasn't ready for. That's it. Right. Very, right. probably the most unready person that it's ever existed. <laughs> so, you know, one, one thing, observance, you know, sometimes we're not motivated to do observance. But when we are motivated to do observance, it's important to remind ourselves that the observance itself is a step to experience something larger than ourselves. If we, if we, uh, if we go through that. And it all starts, by the way, it all starts with prayer in the morning. And the truth is it starts with Shema the night before. Where I open myself to experience God, to experience his greatness, to experience what he does. If you look throughout the prayers, by the way, look in the sitter. The sitter starts off um, describing God's greatness in terms of his actions, his various creations, how great of a creator he is. Only afterwards, when we say the Shema, do we try to meditate on not what he does, but who he is. The sitter goes through a very similar structure to what we're describing. It starts with uh, your mother saying the Shema the night before you're born. Yes, it does. <laughs> it starts with Sinai, right back at Sinai, you know? <laughs> we're just continuing that chain. Okay, that's pretty much all I got. <laughs> that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, I was waiting for you to say that before I stop the recording here. <laughs> <laughs>